welcome to the Destination Begin podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Smith. I've lost over 250 pounds. I've started my life over multiple times and managed to find humor, lessons, and joy in the process. And now I'm here sharing those stories with you. Thanks for joining me. Hi, hi. Welcome to the episode. Happy to be here with you this week. I'm doing another episode. I got some feedback recently that I really appreciated. Somebody said, hey, I wish you'd get back to talking about weight loss and health and food and mindset. And I was like, oh, okay. Guess what? If I don't know what you guys want, I don't know what to make. And so I make the things that appeal to me or that I'm thinking about. And lately it's all been about my life and my love life. But I started this podcast to talk about my weight loss journey and tips and tricks and strategies to living your best life in your best body and uh, in having the best life possible. And so I'm going to go back to that. So today's episode I'm really excited about. I might take some of you off. I'm really sorry. And I get really, I'm just going to pre, pre-warn you. I get really passionate about it because I kind of get, I mean, I kind of preach at you because, um, because I want better for everyone who listens because I know what it's like to be stuck and then I know what it feels like to be free and I want it for you. And I want it so bad that I, I really, really, really want you to hear me. And so sometimes I get a little aggressive in my tone and I'm sorry. Um, but that's not to say that all of a sudden it's easy for me. I've talked a lot about bodybuilding and how the bodybuilding prep was just this great experience, but getting back to a good place with my body and my food and my food habits has been tough because I had a lot of really good healthy habits. I had a really good relationship with my body. I had a really good relationship with food. And then all that changed because of the strategy involved in bodybuilding. And then I did it for two years and it just lots of new habits. And so I'm still working on getting back to where I was with peace with these things. So I'm learning a lot of this with you. And I'm also doing a lot of learning right now constantly. Um, I really love finding compelling science, compelling arguments, compelling research that supports what I should be eating, what I should not be eating so that it's easier to make those good decisions because I really understand the why. So today I'm talking about your ideal healthy diet framework instead of calories in and whatever. Talking about what foods should be in your diet every day, what foods should be occasionally eaten, and what foods should be really rare. And it's a lot of it is based on my experience as a coach, what I hear people grapple with, and then what I know is good for you and what I know as a nutritionist. So just just warning you that that's coming up. But um, I always start these episodes with a little life update and just kind of talk in. And um, there isn't a whole lot new since last week. It's been a busy, crazy week um, on the beach, but it's awesome. I'm working on, I'm doing a lot of strategizing because um, I do a billion different things and I feel like I do all of them sort of well, but I need to pick a couple things and do those really well. So I'm streamlining what I'm doing. So if you've purchased any of my products or been in my courses or you take my bootcamp, you're going to start to see uh, some of that coming together in a different way soon. I'm really excited, essentially rebranding, redirecting, coming up with my vision, coming up with, you know, why am I doing all the things I'm doing and how can I line it all up so that I'm more efficient and I give, um, give, give out what my heart wants to give. So I'm excited about that. It means that I'm thinking 24 seven. I cannot turn my brain off. I'm constantly thinking, thinking, strategizing. Um, and I did some surveys to get some feedback and that's really helpful. And then I'm churning those results. So my brain is so tired today. I don't even know how else to say it. My brain is so tired, but I'm so re-energized because, um, you know, getting a vision of where you're going makes every day exciting because instead of giving getting up and doing the routine, I'm getting up and I'm putting another step into where I'm going. I'm getting closer. I have, I have direction. I know where the boat is being rowed and that is exciting. So if you find yourself in a little bit of a lull, find a way to shake it up. This whole thing is going to shake up everything that I do. It's a little, it's very scary because even if we're in a place we don't want to be, if we know it, it's comfortable. And outside of there, it's like, I don't really know what's out there. It could be really scary. It could be really terrible. I could blow it. But I already know what's right here. I've explored every corner of what I've got right here. I've got to keep moving. And that's how it is in life. We have to keep moving. So um, in keeping with that, though, yesterday, um, 
I I was I follow Gary V, Gary Vanderchuck or something. He is amazing. I really I encourage you to follow him on Instagram. He has great, great information, great ideas about like hustling, side hustles, and making money and smart strategies for coaches. And he's been talking about AI and how, hey, we need to embrace AI. It's changing the world. It's not going anywhere. And yesterday he said, don't be like our parents and our grandparents who when the internet came out, they were like scared of it and refused to jump on. No, we need to be embracing what is not going to go away and learn about it so we're not afraid of it and start to use it to make our lives better, to make our, our businesses more productive. So I heard that. I'm like, okay, fine. So I know nothing about AI. I just keep hearing about it. So I go on my phone, app store, and AI, found an app, downloaded it, and then I got busy. So I'm like, all right, well, I've taken a step. You know, that's the first thing. Just take one step. So then I met my friend Shelly. Um, Shelly is amazing. Shelly goes to boot camp. She loves boot camp. She loves me, which is wonderful. I love her. She's an incredibly smart woman. She built up and sold a company, and she's always She's always been asking me, what do you want to do with boot camp? What do you do want to do with your businesses? Are you thinking long-term? She has great ideas and she has offered kindly to just be a mentor, give me ideas, let me bounce things off. She's great at asking me the right questions. So when I met her yesterday, she was like, just a minute. Um, sorry, I'm in the middle of something. I got asked to run the LinkedIn page for this charity that she and I are both involved in. And I'm, I, I don't really know how to do it. So I was just asking AI about it. And I was like, what? Yeah, I just, what, what is it? She's like, oh, it's great. I just basically say, hey, you're a marketing executive setting up a LinkedIn account for a nonprofit. What's the first step? And then AI spit out to her exactly what to do. And then language. I'm like, all right, I literally was just thinking about this today. You have to tell me what to do. So in short, she said, open your phone, go to openai.com, sign up, it's free, and go to chat GPT. Now type anything in. I'm like, okay. And like, I was working on this podcast and I knew I was going to talk about sugar. And I was like, all right, well, I hadn't done the research yet of why sugar is bad for you, like scientifically. So I just typed, started to type. She goes, oh, and you can give it any, any voice you want. So I'm like, all right. I said, using humor, give me 10 reasons why I should stop eating sugar. And in 10 seconds, this is what it said. Number one, sugar is sweet, but diabetes is not. Number two, do you want to be sweet or sweet-toothed? Number three, don't let sugar be the only thing that sticks to your hips. (laughs) Number four, sugar is like a bad ex-boyfriend. It gives you a temporary high and leaves you feeling low. Anyway, it goes on like that. Um, Then I said, turn the above list into a Britney Spears song. Verse one, sugar used to be my thing. Sweetness made my heart sing. But now I've got to say goodbye. Diabetes ain't no lie. Oops, I did it again. I had sugar. It's hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. So now I'm like, okay, Shelly, I no longer want to talk to you. I'm leaving. I'm going to go have fun with my new friend, AI. Anyway, it's amazing. So if you haven't tried it, don't be afraid. Go to um, openai.com and then click on chat GPT and then log in or set up a login and you can put anything in there. So I'm doing an event tomorrow. They need a playlist for me. I don't normally do a playlist for for bootcamp. I have an app that generates a playlist based on genre and whatnot. And so they have a DJ. They want a playlist. I'm like, all right. uh, So it's on my to-do list and I didn't feel like doing it. So I thought, okay. Um, I said, you are a DJ in 1985 and you run workouts on the beach. Create a playlist of 128 to 130 beats per minute hit songs suitable for a workout. Bam, there it is. This perfect list of songs from the 80s because I'm doing an 80s throwback playlist. Madonna, Material Girl, Michael Jackson, Beat It. All these songs are 128 to 130 beats per minute, which by the way is the sweet spot for group fitness for any kind of workout. I have 20 songs. I loaded them all in my app today and tested it on the beach. It's an amazing playlist. So this is going to make my job as a boot camp instructor so much easier. It's, I mean, I'm training a, a, a tennis player now. I need to know some things that I really need to focus on in his training. So I can now put in here like 
Give me five important exercises for a professional tennis player or some verbiage of that. So I'm telling you this because I wish that I had listened months ago when people were telling me to do this because this is such a powerful tool now. There's all of these discussions about the ethics and morality of AI and I'm not sure how else this is applied, okay? This is very rudimentary, I'm sure, what I am doing. But I went in the kitchen and I'm like, uh, all right, chat AI, you are a baker who specializes in sugar-free desserts. Give me a recipe for a sugar-free vanilla cake I can make in my microwave. Bam, there was a recipe for a 150-calorie microwave cake with no sugar in it. I made it. It was delicious. So if you miss me, I'm going to be sitting here having fun, getting all kinds of information from Chat AI. So that's just scratching the surface. It's just going to make, uh, it's going to make a lot of us uh, faster and better at what we do. It's just an amazing tool. So there's also all kinds of websites that that teach you how to ask the questions, which it's like garbage in, garbage out, Shelly explained to me. Um, if you ask a stupid question in a stupid way, it might give you a stupid answer. Or if you ask in an uneducated way um, or you're not specific enough, you might get answers that aren't great. But um, the sky is the limit. So I'm really excited about it. So that's what's lighting me up. So um, other than that, just plugging along here, doing the boot camp thing, and I launched um, my baby, which is U University, recently. And um, U University came to me a while ago, and I put together the outline for it, which is a series of twelve different workshops. And I wasn't sure at the time if they'd be workshops, but twelve different topics, um, workbooks, which is what I'll probably turn them into. But um, on working on you, so U University being like studying. And getting certified in you, yourself. We don't spend enough time on ourselves learning and growing who we are, developing skills and tools for our own growth, and really understanding how it is we operate to really, really connect with ourselves. We are so embroiled in the act of survival. Pay the bills, cook the meals, raise the kids, get to work, show up. We forget ourselves all the time. The reason why so many of us are medicated for anxiety and depression and all of these things mildly. Now, I know that there are extreme cases I'm saying in general is because we are on this cog, this cog wheel of surviving and we forget who we are and we no longer lead with our heart and our soul. It's a, it's an epidemic. It's a pandemic of people forgetting who they are and especially women, which is my core demographic of people I serve. Women, we forget who we are. I say, hi, how are you? Tell me something about you. And I hear over and over, oh, well, I'm married and I have two kids and this kid is doing that. No, no, no. I want to know who you are. We forget that I'm Kristen and I'm silly and I'm fun and I, 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 I love to dance like a weirdo and I like mysteries and you can't surprise me and I like Britney Spears. We forget these things about who we are. And so you University is... It's, it's my baby, and I'm so excited about it. The first one I did last month um, is called Loving You, and it was a workshop for women. We got together at a restaurant, and it was small groups, curated conversation, talking about um, what self-love is. What is love? What is self-love? We curated the room full of love. It was amazing. So the next one is called Healthy You. It's going to be talking about the basics of a healthy diet, you know, basics of nutrition, so a little bit of that stuff. And then a healthy relationship with your body. Talking about how happy I was not at 400 pounds and how happy I was not at 139 pounds. So here's me on these two ends of the spectrum. Both, I hated my body. I did not love my body at 139 pounds. Why? It wasn't good enough. It wasn't thin enough. It wasn't muscular enough. I hadn't done enough. 400 pounds... I overate. I hate myself. I'm so mad at myself. I'm not enough. I'm worthless. Same voices in my head. So guess what? The number on the scale is less important than the dialogue in our brains. So we're talking about that. So if you're in Miami Beach, you need to come. It's Thursday, May 11th. I'm super, super excited. I have information available if you just ping me on Instagram and I also promote it there. So I might be bringing this workshop online. I might be bringing it to a live webinar. I don't know. If this sounds interesting to you as a listener, please let me know because an online version would be easy to put together. But these are things where in my streamlining, I'm not putting energy to things that I don't feel like people want or that will serve um, well. And so 
in person, it's a great product. Online, it's a great product, but only if we have um, interest for it. Only if there's enough people um, to be able to curate because it's a discussion. It's meant to be a group um, conversation. So if you're interested in that, reach out to me. All right. That's the whole update. Um, We're going to dig into this week's topic next. Today I'm going to talk about food choices and how often certain foods should be in your life if you want to have a healthy lifestyle. So a lot of people, they want to lose weight and go on a crazy diet and cut all kinds of macronutrients out, you know, stop drinking alcohol, stop eating junk food. They lose the weight and then those things come back into their life slowly or not so slowly and the weight comes back and then it's this roller coaster, this yo-yo diet thing. It's very common. And the most successful clients that I work with are the people that who understand that this is a lifestyle change. And you hear it all the time. I'm not the first person to say it's a lifestyle. But when it really sinks in, that the changes that you're going to make to lose weight are the changes that have to stay in order for the weight to stay off. You cannot go onto some crazy crash diet, lose a bunch of weight, and then go back to eating how you used to be eating um, and keep it off. Plus, it, it becomes this a white knuckle thing of, you know, I'm going to give up these things that are highly palatable and delicious for a while. I can't wait to have them back. And then it just becomes a, I can't wait till I'm done dieting so I can eat what I want. When really our mindset needs to immediately start shifting to, this is how it is. And I say this a lot in these podcasts you've heard me say, it's very sad Like there is a mourning often that happens when you really understand that how you've been eating has to stop and these hyper palatable foods are simply not going to be a part of a healthy lifestyle in the way that they once were. We have to come to terms with it. We don't get to eat super delicious, highly palatable, sweet, tasty, decadent foods all of the time and A, stay healthy and live a long life because it's all full of crap that's going to kill us. But to have a body that looks healthy and fit and lean, we have to put healthy, fit, lean foods in it. And so it's, it's basically saying, do I really want this healthy life and this healthy body? And if I do, I'm going to have to change how I even view the idea of what I can eat and what I can't eat to this is what I eat to support my life. These are things I just don't eat. Kind of like a vegan doesn't have to look um, at a steak and just get really sad and be like, oh man, when are I going to have steak again? No, if you're a vegan, there are things you don't eat because you're a vegan. Same like if you are if you have a religious thing. Like So I use the, the example of um, Jewish people that do not eat um, shellfish. It's, they, they, don't, they don't look at shrimp and longingly wish for it. They don't eat shrimp. It's the, the end. So to make it a part of your identity, like I'm a healthy person, I don't eat sugar, I don't eat junk food or whatever it is. So I'm going to talk about a, kind of an easy way to explain this, this come to Jesus moment, as it were. Everyone has different things, different crutches, different things that they're really, really sad to let go of. Um, but it comes down to really a basic framework that applies to everyone. There are certain foods that just should not be a part of your diet if you A, want to be healthy and B, if you want to look healthy. So, and I will just have the caveat. There are a lot of foods that are low calorie and diet foods that are also not healthy. I will raise my hand quickly and say, I put things in my body that are not ultimately healthy. I drink diet soda sometimes. I use Splenda sometimes. Um, I use I use artificial sweeteners in my diet. And so I know that my diet isn't the most perfectly healthy diet either. There's different um, definitions of health. There's things that are not good for you because they slowly kill you. And there are certain things that aren't good for you because they slowly kill you and they make you fat, sedentary, put fat around your organs, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm talking from the ideal level here. Um, there's also some of the stuff I'm saying that I still struggle with, that I still have to work on, and I'll mention those as we come to them. But the framework that I'm going to present to you is a, a, like a list, a little spreadsheet, as it were, of foods that you should eat rarely. Rarely meaning at the most maybe once a month. They should not be a part of your normal life. 
They should be a rare occasion. Things that you should eat occasionally, so maybe weekly or a couple of times a month. And then things that you should and can and most definitely should try to really focus on to eat daily. So each of those categories I'm going to go through. I'm going to start out with what ideally you would be putting in your body daily. So it's best to focus on what I need to get in. Like today I have a task. It's to get these healthy foods into my body. When we focus on it that way, it's a lot less punitive of, oh, I can't eat that. I don't eat that, whatever. Um, And you focus on what you can't have. Instead, to focus on what you should be eating and what you can eat and to make sure you get it in every day is a nice way to look at your day. So when I wake up for the day, I don't feel bad that I don't get to have a donut and a croissant and um, a hash brown from McDonald's like I used to get for breakfast when I was overweight. I get excited to eat breakfast um, because I know that I'm going to be eating things that are good for me that I enjoy. So... I'm not mourning what I can't have. I'm looking forward to what I've already decided I'm going to put in my body. So I encourage you to look at your diet for the rest of your life in this way. So every day, number one, what you should be eating every single day. Oh, and by the way, if you are a vegan or a vegetarian, you're not going to um, agree with some of the things I say. I am not vegan or vegetarian, nor do I ever promote anybody to be a vegetarian or vegan. I'm not that kind of coach. There are other people uh, who are those kinds of coaches. And so I don't pretend I don't uh, beat around the bush. I'm not being mean. I just personally don't choose that diet. And I personally um, I personally don't um, coach or promote a vegetarian or a vegan lifestyle. I have clients who are vegetarians and vegans. I have no problem with you being a vegetarian or vegan, but I most definitely, um, I don't skew that way at all. So I'm just going to say that and then not bring it up again. So Protein. Every time that you eat, every time you sit down to a plate of food, the star of that plate should be protein. So when you wake up in the morning and you think about your food, the first thing should be what protein am I going to eat? Protein needs to be the star of your plate because protein is the building block of your body. Your body needs protein to repair. Um, It's also the best source of fuel. So um, when we eat carbohydrates, our sugar spikes, we get a little blood sugar increase, we need insulin. It sends our blood sugar up and down. When we eat fat, fat is also really, really important. We'll talk about that as well. Um, But too much fat can lead to excess fat being stored. So the best thing to be eating every single time you eat is protein. So think about um, when you get dressed during the day. I use this analogy a lot. When you leave the house, you don't leave the house in your shoes, your watch, and a hat and naked. But the standard American diet has people eating things like a bowl of pasta, like macaroni and cheese and a juice box for kids at school. Carbohydrates, sugar, and fat. Those kids, their plates, they're, they're not being properly fed. That's not a meal. That's carbohydrate and some fat. Where is the, the main source of fuel? Where's the protein? Protein is your outfit. You wouldn't get up, leave the house naked with your watch and your hat and your shoes. You should never sit down to a meal where it's naked of protein. Protein is your outfit. So dress yourself with protein first. So when I sit down to breakfast, it's egg whites and egg and it's some kind of an animal protein. So turkey or chicken sausage or some bacon. So I sit down, my breakfast is protein and some fat. When I have lunch, it's some kind of animal protein or some dairy. So cottage cheese or um, some turkey. Um, I really am enjoying salmon right now. Sardines. That's me. You don't have to eat sardines. I know it's... um, controversial. Dinner, it's some kind of fish or, or again, animal proteins. Um, if you're a vegetarian or a vegan, again, I can't help you with that, but protein, protein, protein. Now that's not to say we don't eat fat and carbs. Um, you know, putting on a dress and leaving the house barefoot also isn't appropriate. Put some shoes on, get some fat in your diet. All of your cells require fat. Ladies, it's really important that you eat adequate fat to support your hormones. You're going to be so much happier. When I was bodybuilding um, and on prep, the main thing that we cut out is carbs and fat. Fat was super low for months. My, my nerves were not coated with fat. My nerves were raw. I was unhappy, I was snappy, I was bitchy, I was tired, I felt on edge. Soon as I would eat some fat, it was like, hello everyone, I love you. Fat is so important. So you accessorize your protein with fats and carbs, but every single day in a healthy diet, protein is the focus. 
So now too much protein is also not good. So you don't want to skew way, way, way far. But a good rule of thumb for protein is to shoot for um, 0.8 to 1 gram of protein for every pound of your goal weight. So if you say, okay, I want to weigh 150 pounds, you're, the most protein in a day you should eat is 150 grams. Um, and the bottom part of that range would be mm, around maybe, I don't know, I would say 110 would be a good number to shoot for. For sure for everyone. 100 grams of protein is a great goal. If you don't eat a lot of protein, start by trying to get up to 100 grams a day. Now, you might say that's really, really hard. I have podcasts about that. I have content on my website about protein. I can give you lots of ideas how to get protein in, but the bottom line is every time that you eat, it should be protein. And if you're doing that and accessorizing that with some fat and carbs, you shouldn't be hungry for a snack between meals. If you have a nice, adequately portioned out breakfast, lunch, and dinner, snacking should not be... Uh, needed. You shouldn't be hungry before meals. And if you do get hungry, honor your hunger with a meal of protein. So if you do eat snacks of protein, beef jerky, hard-boiled eggs, cottage cheese, unsweetened Greek yogurt to which you add some fruit, um, things that are protein-based, um, that's how you snack. Making sure protein is present in every single meal. Really, really important. So that's number one of the daily life of a healthy diet. Number two, green veggies. Green veggies are great because they are filling. So I eat a big bowl of greens most days. Um, You can put all kinds of vegetables on there if you want to, but that basis of green veggies is really important. It keeps you regular, helps with your digestion. You get micronutrients. Um, Other green veggies other than a salad, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, green pepper, kale, um, fennel, arugula. Really look at the microgreens. Make sure you're getting organic if you can, if you can afford it. I'd say you can't not afford it because uh, there's just proof that these pesticides and the garbage that's on commercially farmed produced um, produce, it's killing us. It's proven. So organic, it's a little bit more expensive, but trust me, in the long term, it's worth it. Organic green vegetables every day, at least one serving. Um, Celery sticks. I mean, there's not a lot of nutrition in celery, but celery sticks If you love a nice refreshing juice, there's a lot of research on the health benefits of celery juice being anti-inflammatory, being really cleansing, being antioxidant. So look that up. But every day there should be some green green veggies going into your body. Now you can make this easy. You can get bagged microgreens. You can get pre-washed bagged lettuces. You can also just get some steamer frozen bags of vegetables and throw them in your microwave. Now there's all kinds of data that says microwave kills nutrients, all that stuff. I don't know, but if you're like, yeah, I want to get green veggies in. I don't have time for all that jazz. Get some frozen ones. It's better than nothing. Canned vegetables, also fine to some degree. I mean, they're better than nothing, but watch the sodium. A lot of them are canned and a lot of sodium. So green veggies, get them in your body along with your protein. Now, the accessories, every single day you should have some carbohydrates and some fat. The number one thing is protein, but carbohydrates and fat give you energy. So you need carbohydrates and fat. Now, the keto people will say you don't need carbohydrates. I'm not here to fight you. I'm not here to tell you to eat keto every day or not. I'm telling you from a basic nutrition standpoint, you need carbs and fat. Now, the the pyramid, the food pyramid is upside down. It says that your main source of fuel should be carbs. That's garbage. It's because this country makes so much money. Our government makes so much money. The country makes so much money on producing carbohydrates, uh, processed grains, all this garbage food that's in packages at your grocery store that never goes bad. That's why they want you to eat it. I'm just going to be blunt here. They want you to eat it, and then they want you to get sick so that you need pharmaceuticals so that you are hooked on pharmaceuticals. I'm sorry. That's the truth of it. Um, it's 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 an inconvenient truth, as our girl would say. Um, but carbohydrates are necessary, but they should be an accessory to your diet. They should not be the star of your plate. You should not be starting your day with cereal and then having um, a bag of chips before lunch and popcorn and then having a Nutri-Grain bar and then for lunch having a giant white bread sandwich Um, with a side of chips and then for dinner pasta and french fries and pizza this is all completely and totally upside down carbohydrates for energy should be coming from real food like organic steel cut oats oats rice um sweet potatoes white potatoes carbohydrates that come from real food that are as unmessed around with as possible to give you pure energy 
most people don't need a lot of carbohydrates for energy. Um, but if you are an active person there, I mean, it's amazing when I have some oats and then I go outside and do boot camp, I feel like I can lift semi trucks. It turns into sugar in your system really quickly and, um, your body can readily access it, access it. It's wonderful. Now, if I sat down and had a big old bowl of oatmeal and then a banana, um, and then some cereal, I would be overloading my system with sugar and that would be the opposite effect. But carbohydrates should be accessorized. So a nice split would be some eggs, some egg whites, and some oats, the oats being a small portion. I do that a lot for breakfast. Um, Carbohydrates from fruit. Also, people ask me all the time, a lot of my meal plans don't include fruit. A lot of my meal plans are for six-week kind of a fat loss, get the ball rolling. So fruit is just set aside. Fruit is obviously a real food. A lot of the fruit that we have now is not the way that it was made uh, when it was first found on the earth. It's been um, genetically modified. It's been completely changed in its makeup. But there are a lot of fruits that are really good for you that are low glycemic. So they don't have a huge impact on your blood sugar. So things like pear, berries, apples, those fruits have one or two a day. Those are really great sources of carbohydrate. Um, I for sure love a nice juicy crunchy apple the honey crisp is from Minnesota, so it's, you know, Minnesota and apples is this big thing. I'm super proud of that. I love apples. Um, so if you're going to have fruit in your diet, just have one or two. Again, it's an accessory to all the protein that you're eating. But choose organic fruit and choose those low glycemic um, index fruits. Blueberries, incredibly powerful antioxidant, low glycemic index, delicious, versatile. Eat you some blueberries. Um and then fats, animal fats, real butter. Do not ever put margarine in your body again, please. It is plastic. It is insane. It was invented during the low fat, um, low fat fad diets that um, we had no idea that this was basically just cancer in a stick with a little belly button in the little tub. Do not eat margarine. If you don't want to eat butter either, fine, but don't eat margarine. Um, animal fats, um, butter, olive oil. Don't heat your olive oil. If you have to heat something, make it coconut oil. Olive oil should never be heated very, very hot. This doesn't taste as good. But olive oil on your salad with some balsamic, balsamic vinegar is a great source of fat. Um, avocado, eat those egg yolks. Get some um, cuts of meat. Um, every day, one of your cuts of meat or servings of meat should have some nice fat in it. So salmon, that's a beautiful uh, omega-3 rich fat fatty fish. Um, if you're going to have a steak, have a fattier cut once a day and then make your other cuts of meat leaner so you're not eating too much fat. But animal fat, cheese, cottage cheese, full fat dairy, sprinkle those in, put them in on the side. For lunch, I just had some um, some grass-fed Polish sausage and then I had some full fat cottage cheese and I had an apple. So the star of my plate was this giant yummy, delicious grass-fed sausage, and then I had some fat in the dairy, and then I had some carbohydrates. So that's really how you think about it. Protein, and then sprinkle in real food, carbs and fat on the side. Again, this is just a basic overview of things that you should be eating. But if you're worried about it in the morning when you wake up, I've got to get protein in my body. I need to get green veggies in my body. I need to get one to two low glycemic fruits in my body. And I got to find a way to get some fat and carbs on the side. You're going to be so busy focusing on the delicious foods that you can find to eat that you're not going to be thinking about all the foods you're not eating, period. And you should be full because protein is slow burning. It's putting a big log on the bonfire instead of some newspaper. You throw a bag of popcorn in your belly, it's burned up really, really quick. It's really readily available fuel. So if you're going to go for a run, yeah, eat some popcorn and uh, maybe some oats. It's going to get burned up really fast. But if you have, you know, a meeting and you've got a chunk of work time, four or five hours, or you're sending your kid to school and they need to use their brain, put a log on that bonfire. Get some protein and some fat in your body so that you have long, sustained, slow-burning energy available to you that doesn't send your blood sugar up and then crash down. That's why protein is also so important. If you have children, I beg of you, beg of you, beg of you. Start looking at what you're giving them in the morning. Start looking at what you are giving them during the day. 
I wish to God I could go back in time and reparent and take care of my child differently. I was 20. I was 400 pounds by the time he was five years old. I ate pizza, uh, popcorn, chips, ice cream. I ate all day and I fed my child garbage. I fed him sweetened um, those gogurts. I fed him um, spaghettios, lunchables, Oreo cookies, ice cream. I mean, that kid ate such shit. And I feel so terrible. But I didn't know. But if you're listening to me, now you know better. Your children are being given so much more crap than you were. Because when you were little, it didn't exist yet. But now everything in the store on a shelf, all the processed foods, all those products, they are full of so many chemicals and so much sugar that it's more in in the short amount of time between the time they're born and the time they go to kindergarten than you got before you were 20 years old. And so please, please, please look at what you're giving your kids. Read the labels. Eliminate some of this processed crap. Please, please, please. Just do for your kids what I didn't know to do for mine. Anyway, okay, I didn't mean to get on that soapbox. So to sum up, daily, what should you be eating in your healthy diet? Protein first, healthy fats, real carbohydrates from fruit and from unprocessed, as much unmessed around with um, forms of carbohydrates, real food. That should be your focus number one for your daily diet. So now I'm gonna talk about those foods that you should have occasionally because they're gonna be part of life. We live in the US, there's food on every corner. Um, You go to events, things like that. It's crazy to say there's certain foods you're never gonna eat, but by putting them into the occasionally category, it helps to organize these things so that they're not in your house all the time, they're not something you're eating every single day. You're not tempted by them every day because they're not a part of your daily diet. They are occasionally. These are foods for me that I typically only eat if I'm out to eat or at a party or something that is occasional. So maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, something like that. You get to decide that. But here are some foods you should be eating occasionally. Pasta and bread. Pasta and bread are simple carbohydrates. They're processed. Again, I talked about carbohydrates. Carbohydrates are not evil. But this variety, they uh, you can eat so much of them. You just continue to eat and eat and eat. You could eat a half a loaf of bread and probably still be hungry. So they're slider foods. Um, That's a term that I learned after weight loss surgery. There are certain foods that when you chew them up, they take up so little space in your belly, but they have so much of an impact on your blood sugar that they're dangerous um, in large quantities. They spike the blood sugar. You get an insulin response. This is why a lot of times you find yourself sleepy and lethargic after eating pasta or pizza. It's because it's really, really quickly hitting those responses, getting an insulin spike. So you might say, well, I really love pasta. I have a family recipe for lasagna. Um, I love bread. Um, My mom makes bread or, you know, I love going out to eat and having bread. Okay, that should be occasionally. Keeping bread out of your house is not a bad idea. Keeping pasta out of your house or a once a week special meal is a good idea. It's something that simply is highly caloric, not nutritionally uh, sound, very, very little nutrients in pasta. I don't even care if it's whole grain or if it's gluten-free. It's not doing your body any good. It's something that it's not going to kill you, right? But you should be eating it occasionally. So put pasta and pizza in the occasionally category. That's where you sort those things. Fruits like banana. Banana, there's uh, 30 different foods that have more potassium in them than a banana. So this idea that you need to have one every day for potassium, pretty sure that was brought to you by some company that really has a vested interest in you eating banana. Banana's tasty, super sweet, natural sugar, but that sugar still creates an insulin response. And banana is the number one fruit in the US. Really, really delicious. Now, is it better than a Snicker bar? Sure, but it's something that is way overrated. To start your morning with a healthy smoothie with celery juice and all kinds of vegetables and all these things and then throw a giant banana in there, you're basically starting your morning with that blood sugar spike. So if you're going to eat banana, occasionally. Also, you don't have to eat a whole banana. You could eat a half a banana. Um, I love banana, but it's something that I am very careful with the quantity I use it sparingly because, um, especially for me, so I had weight loss surgery, so my stomach is smaller. Things hit my digestive system quicker. 
And so I'm, I'm very sensitive to anything that is quickly um, being the thing that things that quickly signal to the body to release insulin in the small intestine and in the large intestine. So I know what things are super, super um, responsive to me in that arena. So banana makes me sleepy and um, it's just very, very high in sugar. So occasionally, now you might say that's ridiculous. I have a banana every day. I'm just fine. Well, take it out. See how you feel any better. Replace your banana with something that is not a form of sugar. See if you feel better. See if you have more energy. Replace that banana with a hard-boiled egg. Not in your smoothie. We can talk about smoothies separately. Also not important. You should not be drinking um, smoothies. I'm just going to talk about it right here. If you take a giant pile of food and juice it and turn it into a smoothie in the morning, you're eliminating all the fiber that is your body's natural barrier to slow down the digestion and the absorption of those nutrients. So you're just throwing it all in your gut at one point in time. It's an assault. Um, plus you're not chewing it, so you're not adding any digestive enzymes from your saliva. So if you can't eat everything that's going in that smoothie in one meal without being overly full, don't put it in your smoothie and suck it down with a straw. You're messing with your normal hunger and satiety cues and you're eliminating the, the fiber, especially if you're juicing it. So, little sidebar there. Alcohol. I know some of you really, really struggle with this idea. I'm lucky. Alcohol wasn't a part of my world, so it's not a thing that I wrestle with. And I understand that it is something that is difficult to let go of. Alcohol is so, so detrimental to your metabolism. So detrimental to weight loss goals. It's pro-inflammatory. It's not good for you. It's poison. Um, I'm not telling you something that you don't already know. Now, if you if you manage alcohol, it's not an issue for you, then don't make it an issue. But to drink alcohol more than once a week is really, it's a really big disservice. Now, this all depends on what your goals. If you're maintaining your weight and you're working on a healthy lifestyle, a healthy diet, that's one thing. If you are on a weight loss journey, alcohol should be actually rare. It should not be a part of your daily life. It should not be a part of your weekly life. It steals your gains. It messes with your body's signals to your brain. It's poison to your liver. If you're drinking alcohol regularly, occasionally would be as common as it should be occurring in your diet. Uh, and I'm, I am talking about red wine. I know that there's health benefits to red wine. Red wine, white wine. I don't care what it is. There's alcohol in it. It is adversely affecting your weight loss goals and your overall health, period. Sauces. All right, so sauces are typically full of calories, usually based in some kind of a seed oil or a fat, and they add flavor, which is lovely. But if you're on a weight loss journey, it's empty calories. It's flavorings. It's it's just adding a whole bunch of calories without any satiety, without any fiber, without any any ability to keep you full. If you're not trying to lose weight, it's simply an extra way to get additives, preservatives, calories, um, more fat into your food. Sauces should be occasional. You should be tasting your food. If you're eating ketchup on everything, you're most likely addicted to sugar. There's so much sugar in ketchup. If you don't like no sugar added ketchup, most likely you don't like ketchup. You like the sweet. I get it. I like ketchup a lot. I do not eat ketchup. The only time I eat ketchup is if I happen to be having my rare or occasional food out where I'm eating french fries. They are Ketchup is as rare to me as french fries. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying. I have practiced this. I've put ketchup into a category of occasional to rare. It's just, it's calories and it's sugar. I want to taste my food. Barbecue sauce typically has tons of sugar. Salad dressings, full of seed oils, full of fat or sugar. If you must have salad dressing, find a natural salad dressing. Find something that's full fat. If you have to have light, I'm not going to fight you over this. But the, the bottom line is to get sauces that have empty calories off of your plate as much as possible. If you really love salad dressing... Um, cold press olive oil with some balsamic, some salt and pepper. Really get used to tasting the flavors of your foods. Stop dumping the sauces on things. When you go out to eat in a restaurant, you can get a really nice uh, piece of chicken or a nice steak 
and it's, you know, really calorically sound for the amount of food you're getting. And then they dump a whole bunch of butter white wine sauce on top. Now you've added 300 calories sometimes and you haven't added any food to your belly. You've just added extra calories, extra, extra, extra. You don't need it. Sauces should be occasional. Now there are sauces that don't have calories, don't have fat, don't have sugar. Things like um, liquid aminos, um, things like um, olive oil, balsamic vinegar, um, mustards are really nice to add some flavor. But try dry spices. Spices, and that's a great way to flavor your food without dumping extra calories and unneeded. Typically, bottled dressings are full of preservatives, full of chemicals. Um, Pancakes, waffles. We think about going to breakfast. I want to go to breakfast. I love breakfast. Why? Typically, it's a sweets fest. It's pancakes with syrup, waffles with whipped cream and berries. Now, if that's something you love to go out to eat on the weekend, have brunch, awesome. Then get those things off your plate the other six days of the week. Waffles, pancakes, those are basically glorified donuts. They should be occasional. Sweet things like that. Now, you could get protein waffles at the grocery store. Yes, there's protein in them, but watch the sugar. You may as well have a donut sometimes versus eating a protein waffle depending on the brand. It's just simply best to keep things things as occasional. If you're getting in all the food we talked about and what you should be eating every day, you're not going to have a lot of room or opportunity for these occasional foods. Things like um, popcorn. Popcorn in and of itself is a, you know, it's a natural food. It's corn. It's popped. Microwave popcorn full of chemicals. But if you like popcorn, um, if it's not made in a, in a bad seed oil, it's something to have occasionally. Now, this is where I like to talk about the scale of damage. <laughs> so if you're going to a party on a weekend or you're having people over and usually you would be eating Doritos and Cheetos and nachos and um, I don't know what people eat at parties, um, artichoke dip with tortilla chips and you're eating all of that stuff. And you think, okay, instead of that, I'm going to have popcorn or I'm going to have some baked Lay's or I'm going to have some, some dip and some chips or some veggies and some hummus. You are, you are totally right to think about, okay, what would I normally do? What is a new habit that brings me closer to ideal? It's not perfect. I'm not, you know, I'm not doing, I'm not being the ultimate health nut here, but it's better than what I normally would do or what I used to do. It's important to keep that in mind. What I'm saying is ideal. I want you to look at what you're currently doing and I want you to aim higher. I want you to aim better for your health. And we all start at different places. So in something like popcorn or something like sauces, what do you normally do? Do you dip every single piece of chicken in honey barbecue sauce? All right, well, can you pull that back and maybe use some ketchup or some sugar-free barbecue sauce? Find something that is better than what you're used to and then keep moving the bar a little bit, okay? So I'm not coming at you like get rid of everything overnight. I want you to just start thinking about better, better than where you are, okay? So if popcorn or tortilla chips is a big improvement over the other things you'd normally eat, again, occasionally, then I want you to be feeling good that you're already choosing something better than what you used to do. But the goal here is to progress as well, to get from where we used to be to a really healthy, clean diet over time with intention. So those are some of the things that you should have occasionally. Um, Also cheese, Um, some cheeses are really, really high in fat. If you find yourself snacking on things that are quote unquote healthy, like cheese is healthy, and then you're getting the air baked kind, like the wisps or the moon cheese, What's happening is the natural satieties from, from some of those foods are lost when they're cooked or roasted or, or smushed down. So be careful. Even if you're eating something that is healthy for you or like beef jerky, it's protein. You can eat a lot of beef jerky before you get that hunger cue because all the moisture has been taken out of it. So just be careful when you are choosing some of those daily foods that you're still grabbing a form that is good for you and then you're not sliding down that slippery, that slippery slope into um, non-filling junk food feeling, um, things you can eat for a long time. So, um, other things to think about eating occasionally, um, if you really like, um, to eat out and there's a favorite restaurant and maybe they have something you can't get somewhere else to think, all right, that isn't a place that I go, um, 
for lunch. That's not a place that I go for breakfast or go more than once a, more than once a week. Maybe that's a place that's a special location. Um, or maybe there's something at that place I can get that's a little bit better. So just be mindful that those events, those occasions should indeed be protected as not every day. Um, a good rule of thumb for things like this too, like I said at the beginning, is to not bring these things in your house so that there's a barrier between you having them and um, and having access to them. So, you know, I, pasta. I could boil pasta on the stove and make it. It's not going to be amazing. For me, I'm going to save my pasta experiences for a place where they are going to cook it really well. It might be fresh made pasta with an interesting sauce I otherwise can't have. So to really think about if you're going to eat something occasionally, what's the best possible tasting version of it that you can have? Really, really good way to look at those occasional foods. All right, next I'm going to talk about the things that you should rarely eat. Maybe once a month, maybe less. Why? Because these foods are bad for your health and they indeed um, trip up a weight loss goal, period. Um, but overall, these are foods that are bad for your health. There are foods that support your body's functions, and there are foods that are killing you faster than you otherwise would be aging. And they're full of artificial chemicals, they're full of artificial ingredients, flavors, full of processed things. If they're in a package or they're messed around with too much, they are not aiding your health, they are tearing down your health. And again, it's one thing to eat something rarely and another thing to say I'm never having it. It's hard to imagine saying I'm never having certain foods. So to say, all right, these are things I eat rarely. Rarely being once a month or less. Less than once a month. Not common. Sometimes it's helpful to track these things to say, especially if you really love something on this list. Maybe you say, all right, I will have it once a month. That way you're not hyper-focused on it. You know, okay, once a month I can have this and then I'm going to move on. So that's a nice way to have balance with this, especially initially if you're trying to implement some of these. So what's on the rarely list? Again, I have a feeling some of you are going to come at me after this episode, but I am going to speak my truth. And my truth is um, based on a lot of my own experience, a lot of research, a lot of uh a lot of my studying as a nutritionist. And then um, I'm constantly looking and learning from and trying to get more information about the food that is in our environment. And that is starting to really, really color my advice on food. So some of these things is because of very recent um, lectures that I have been watching from a cardiologist. I'm going to post that on my website. I've told some of you about it. I can't pronounce his name. And so um, I'm going to try. I'm probably going to butcher it. Dr. Pradeep Jamnadas. Jamnadas. Um, he has lectures on YouTube on fasting, about food addiction, about the foods that are killing us. You need to watch his lectures. They're blowing my mind. They're changing everything about how I eat, how I view my food, and um, it's starting to color everything that I do. So some of this is impacted by that. So what should you be eating rarely, once a month or less? Fried food. Deep fried food. Deep fried food should not be a part of your lifestyle, period. If you like a French fry, stop eating French fries more than once a month. It's a potato, which is nutritionally, you know, there's not a lot of nutrition in a potato. It's a simple carbohydrate, so it gets turned into sugar in your body immediately. Then it is cooked at high temperatures in fat that I guarantee you is um, some kind of an oil that is a carcinogen that causes inflammation that is an omega-6 or an omega-9. So if you go buy French fries at a restaurant, they're frying it in, I don't know, probably palm oil, vegetable oil, canola oil. So it's basically cancer and a tasty little stick. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fried foods should not be a part of your diet. Get them out. You shouldn't be eating French fries, um, crispy chicken sandwiches, popcorn chicken. Um, what else is fried? I haven't eaten fried foods regularly for so long, I can't think of any. And this is coming from someone who was 400 pounds and all I ate was crap, okay? You can change your diet so completely that you can't even remember what fried foods are sold. That is possible for you. So do not get discouraged. It takes one decision at a time, moving a little bit closer, a little bit closer to ideal. So if it's deep fat fried, don't eat it, period. Now, I talk a lot about having an air fryer. If you love your food crispy and tasty, get an air fryer 
It's the best investment I've ever made. It sits on my counter. I have the Ninja 2 drawer. So I have two drawers in there. I can put anything in there, crank it up. It gets crispy, delicious. You can spray it with some coconut oil or some olive oil or something. If you're, well, I don't recommend heating your olive oil, but coconut oil um, or ghee. And you get a nice crisp on it without deep fat frying that food. So if you really want french fries, buy some potatoes, chop them up, spray them with some coconut oil put them in the air fryer, make them at home. Are they going to taste like McDonald's fries? No, they are not. But if that's something that you really, really love, find a way to make it at home. You know what's in it and it's not going to kill you over time. These are things that are, it's, this is a serious thing, okay? Our health is all we have. So fried food should not be a regular part of your diet. If you go have a salad and they put a crispy chicken breast on top, that is not a healthy meal. It's not a healthy meal. Get that chicken grilled period. Um, processed snacks, snacks, snack foods, crackers, cookies, chips, I'm going to say it, protein bars, cereal, muffins that, you know, little mini muffins, pop tarts, um, little 100 calorie packs of snack foods. It's all fast burning carbohydrates, insulin spike, does not satisfy you. If you think you're hungry in the afternoon and a 100 calorie pack of Cheez-Its is going to solve your hunger, it's not. It's not satisfying. It just gives you a dopamine rush because it's highly palatable. It's salty. It's in a colorful package that is designed to light up your excitement centers in your brain and it's nutritionally void. In fact, it's the opposite of nutritionally void. It is detrimental to your health. So processed snacks, Stay out of the middle aisles of the of the grocery store. Those things should not be a part of your daily life. They should be rare. If you're at a party, if you happen to be offered something and it's once in a blue moon, even on the airplane, you don't have to take the little Biscoff cookies. I know they're delicious, but you can make a whole flight without eating and you won't die. Just saying. Um, processed snacks, those should not be a part of your diet. They should be rare. Do not buy a box of cookies and bring them to your house. Do you know why? You will eat them. Over the course of a month or quicker, every single one of those cookies will be in your body. If you don't buy them, there's a big access barrier between you and that food that is going to shorten your life. I'm not saying you can never have a cookie. I'm saying if you want a cookie, make it so hard to get a cookie that you must go hunt and gather it. Don't bring it into your house. Um, things like dried fruit and fruit juice. These are things that are not like gonna kill you necessarily, right? They're not, you know, it's a real thing, apple juice. Well, for one thing, most apple juice is highly sweetened. They add high fructose corn syrup to it. But dried fruit and fruit juice, all the fiber is removed and you're left with pure sugar. It doesn't take up any space in your belly and you can consume a ton of it. It's empty calories and it's sugar. So dried fruit, don't buy it, don't eat it. There's no need to eat dried fruit. Dried fruit was invented so that something the perishable could last forever. You don't need your fruit to last forever. You can eat a real apple and have that fiber fill you up. Have that fresh food actually nourish you. Apple slices. If you give these to your kids, yes. Is it better than Doritos? Is it better than a Pop-Tart? Yes. But all the fiber is gone and they can overeat apples and there is a huge sugar response. Dried fruit, rarely. Should not be eaten. That trail mix that you get for the hike, you do not need the trail mix you can take a hike without peanuts, M&Ms, raisins, apricot bits, yogurt-covered raisins, chocolate chips. Trail mix is absolutely unnecessary to any hike. If you're on a hike that that's long, you should be bringing real food with you, um, not that kind of stuff. So those things, again, I'm not saying never eat them. I'm saying they should be rare. These should not be a part of your weekly shopping list. They shouldn't be in your house. They should be rare. Canned fruit. Canned fruit isn't going to kill you either, but typically it's, again, the fiber is removed. It's usually in some kind of a sugary syrup. We don't need to have that. Nuts. Now, nuts are healthy for you. I was just watching this lecture by Dr. Gymnatas. Pistachios really, really healthy. He said those are the best kind of nuts, but most nuts are roasted in an oil that is inflammatory. And so if you're going to eat nuts, they need to be raw and they should be in small quantities. 
to say, well, I'm going to eat healthy fats, so I'm going to load up on avocado and nuts and egg yolk and bacon and all this stuff. You're overdoing it with the fat. Do not need to be eating nuts all the time. If you do like nuts and they're not rare and they're more of a weekly thing or if they are in your daily diet and you insist on it, they should be measured and they should be raw or you can roast them at home. So rare. There's so many competing ideas out there about food and nutrition. So many different diets to follow. You know, keto diet says to just eat all the fat all the time. And because we're Americans who've been taught to associate food with pleasure, we just say, all right, everything that's delicious that's got fat in it, I can have it in whatever quantity. And then we go nuts on these certain things that are so caloric that now we're in a huge calorie surplus. And then we're also just throwing away the opportunity to eat a lot of other things that are good for us. So all of these all or nothing diets, they all need to go away. We really, really need to get back to a framework of feeding our body what it needs, and then everything else needs to have an appropriate place. So occasional and rare. Now, in my opinion, if you want my opinion of what food should never be eaten, I will give you my list. Now, I am not perfect. These are foods that I do still sometimes eat, but I believe that I should never eat them. I strive to eat them as infrequently as possible. Some of these I go through spurts where I eat them too much and then I'm reminded why these are literal poison to me. You probably have a list of foods that you know when you eat them, you feel bad and that you are like, why did I do that? I don't want to eat. I don't want to do that. So from my standpoint, based on what is nutritionally good for you and based on the foods that I talk about most with clients that cause people the most angst. As far as I overate that, I started if I I had one and then it went downhill. Here is a list of those foods. Number one, sugar, any kind of sweets, treats, desserts. Now, it's an idyllic thing to say I'm never eating sugar. I've attempted it many times. I've gotten as much as eight months down with no added sugar, but it's easier said than done. But sugar is poison. Talked about it already, but sugar is is enemy number one. Ideally, Human beings should never eat sugar, ever. If you are eating sugar, it should be rare. It should be a rare occasion. I'm working on this myself very much. I write every single day in my journal, sugar is poison. It is wisdom principle number one for me because every time I eat it, I feel sick. Um, It affects my moods. It affects my body very detrimentally. It is poison to my body. It is poison to everyone's body. So my goal is to eat less and less and less sugar, less and less frequently for the rest of my life. That's the most that I can promise because I know that when I've said I'm never doing it again, I haven't followed through. And I'm a big fan of only making commitments that I'm absolutely sure that I'm willing to do. I'm not willing to say I'm never having sugar again. But since I made it my goal to have it as infrequently as possible, I've stressed about it less, I've craved it less, I've thought about it less, and I have eaten a lot less sugar. So number one, sugar is on that list of something that we should never eat. Number two, I already talked about it, alcohol. There is no reason that anyone should ever drink alcohol. It is not healthy for you. Yes, okay, red wine is proven to do this, this, and this, but not drinking red wine. There is no proof that not drinking red wine is not also incredibly healthy. It's good for you to not put alcohol in your body. It stresses out your liver. It messes with your mood, especially if you're on a weight loss journey. Say goodbye. It's amazing how attached we get to the things um, on this list. When I say we should never have it, all of a sudden we like we're willing to fight for it. Why? Why is that? Ideally, as humans, we should be able to let go of everything that we pick up to say, yes, I could live at peace without that thing forever. Is that easy? No. Just ask me about coffee. I'm considering giving up coffee, not because it's bad for me, but because I am so addicted to it. I hate that anything has control over me. So examining these relationships that we have with these things is so important because it steals our ability to freely move through life unencumbered and not a slave to anything to I don't want to be a slave to anything and I'm a slave to some things I don't like it I'm working on it I am being very transparent here to tell you what I believe and that I'm not there yet but if we can all strive again to be closer to ideal so sugar alcohol fried foods fried foods just 
should not be in our diet. Deep fat frying foods is something that we should never eat. It's a never an appropriate way to cook a food. And if we all ate it once a year, <laughs> if the whole country, United States of America, if all of us ate fried food one time per year, I can only imagine how much healthier the, the incidences of heart disease and high blood pressure and diabetes and cholesterol would go out, it would just probably go away. We are eating sugar and fried foods in mass. So if we stopped eating sugar, drinking alcohol, and eating fried foods, I don't know that we'd have anything left to worry about. So when I think about it that way, I think, okay, I can't make that happen. But for me, for my body, what's the best way to take care of my body? I know that those things are true for me. So I'm going to strive to follow that as much as I can. You probably have your own never list based on your experience with certain foods. Now, your body sometimes tells you um, what is never allowed in it. I developed a shrimp allergy recently. I used to eat a ton of shrimp. When I eat shrimp now, I'm violently ill. It does not stay in my body. I could eat it at four o'clock and then eat seven other things. And in two hours, my body has said, I don't care what else you're doing. That shrimp is being removed via your esophagus now. My body will not tolerate shrimp. Now, I don't really know why. But do you think I'm ever going to eat shrimp again? No. Do you know how much I loved shrimp? I loved shrimp. If, I, if someone had said, don't eat shrimp, I would be like, Why? Absolutely not. I love it. I love shrimp. I love the taste of it. Just because of that, I'm not stopping eating it. But now because I puke from it, there's no way I would ever... And I'm like, is there shrimp near that? I don't want to come anywhere near it. What if we got that determined to keep real poison out of our bodies? We eat so many things that we know are real poison. Real poison. (sighs) I have so much work to do on my own relationship with food and my own behaviors. I'm so much further away from where I used to be. And that gives me great hope, gives me courage to continue pushing. I want to take care of my body. I'm saying all of this not because I want you to go, ugh, I guess I can't eat anything. No, I want you to really, really grasp how important it is to make sure your body is well. Because when your body is well, you feel well and you go out and you live so much more fully with more energy, with more peace of mind, freer. That's the goal, is to free our bodies from excess fat that is keeping us back and is keeping us sick. And then to have that weight off of our body, we're able to move better. We're able to express more. We're able to be more ourselves. That's the goal. So weight loss is important. If we have extra fat in our body, it needs to go away. Not just because we want to look better, but because extra fat in our body is bad for our health. And sometimes it's just daunting to say, oh, what do I got to do? I hope that this framework gives you a great just base to say, all right, I'm not going to start doing anything crazy. I'm just going to start looking at what I am eating. I'm going to work to get these foods into my day. I'm going to take these other foods talked about and I'm going to put them in their appropriate place, occasional or rare or work toward never. It's worth it. It's worth investing in your health and I really hope that this gives you a nice starting point, um, an easy common sense way to look at food and to just come to terms with it. It's very sad when we have to set down things that we're addicted to and that are hyper palatable. But we got one life, we get one body. We all want to live our best lives in the best body that we possibly can to walk around in. So it's definitely worth it. So if you have issues with anything that I said, I I ask you to take what served you today and leave the rest. And then as always, tell you here how you can reach out to me and give me your thoughts. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. I'm so excited you're here. If you want to interact with me, go ahead and send me an email, Kristen at kristensmithonline.com. Follow me on Instagram, The Kristen Experience, and make sure you share this podcast with a friend. That's all I have for you today. Have an awesome week. We'll see you next time here on Destination Begin.